I like letting people know what the Lord had delivered me from. But sometimes it's better to illustrate a point to use somebody else's testimony. So I'm going to use Billy Bergen's testimony. He said I could. He said I could call street life. Like if you looked in the dictionary next to thug, his face is probably in there. It's probably like thug, Billy Bergen's. And he's like mugshot or something. Well, he, he went to church. I mean, he, was, he ran the streets and he did drugs. He was a drug addict and he'd gone to church and the pastor was preaching. And during the sermon, the pastor stopped preaching and walked right up to him in the middle of the sermon. And he said, uh, I might not be getting this 100% accurate because it's his testimony. And I'm just trying to remember. And he said, if you want to be set free, then place whatever you have on the altar or something like that. And he was like, do you want that? Billy was like, yes, I do. He said, but the guy asked a second time, exactly the same way. And Billy was like, no. And then the third time the guy asked, Billy thought from what he told me was, maybe I'm not answering right. And the guy was like, if you place what you have on the altar, God can set you free. And at that moment, Billy believed God for who he said he was. Billy was made righteous in a moment. You know, he had meth in his pocket. You guys know what meth is? It's drugs. He had meth in his pocket. After he believed God for who he said he was, he walked up to the altar and laid his meth down on the, on the altar. And the reason I like this illustration of Billy's life is because he was made righteous as immediately after he believed who God said he was. He knew in that moment that God could redeem him. Now, it wasn't the act of Billy going and placing his meth on the altar that made him righteous. That act followed the immediate belief that he had. He believed God. God had made him righteous. Then he laid down his addictions in an act of faith. And he's been living for God ever since. I mean, you guys know Billy. You see how much he goes out and witnesses and talks to people, invites people to church. I mean, God changed his life 100% righteous in Romans 4 1 4 1 through 12 it says what then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh for if Abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before God for what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness now to him who works the wages are not counted as grace but as debt But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of a man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Here comes your guys' favorite part. Does this blessedness then not come upon the circumcised only? Or upon the uncircumcised also. For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of those who believe. Though they are uncircumcised, the righteousness might be imputed to them also. 
and the father of circumcision to those who not only are the, of the circumcision, but, the, but who also walk in the steps of faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. <laughs> now, I know you guys really wanted me to talk about circumcision again. <laughs> but I'm sadly to disappoint you. Uh, I covered that in very, like, in depth a month ago. So if you want to know more about circumcision, go back and read that. In this one, I'm covering pretty much uh, 4, 1 through 8 for the most part. Now, Paul was, Paul's audience were Jews and Gentiles at the moment. Now, the Jewish leaders would teach, teach justification by works at that time. And that's why Paul is referencing Abraham in the Old Testament. He is showing Jewish rabbis through it that Abraham was justified in his faith in God and not by his own works. Abraham is called the father of faith. Does anybody know that? Because he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And Abraham did many good works that men would boast about and commend him on. Jewish leaders proudly proclaimed direct lineage of Abraham. And they still do to this day. And they boast about being his physical descendant. They thought that just because they were a direct descendant, it gave them a special favor and merit with God. As if because of Abraham, they were also made righteous. They thought through association, they were justified in the eyes of God. And they even taught those things. Even though they were wrong, they still taught that the offspring was automatically justified and made righteous by default. Now, Paul's letting them know that righteousness is not inherited. Children, if you're in here, and people who grew up in the church, your righteousness is not inherited. You are not going to be holy, be righteous, have a relationship with the Lord because of who your parents are, who they serve, whether they're a pastor, whether they're a deacon, whether they're a church attender, you will not be made righteous because your parents are. That's for everybody. That's for adults too, I guess, not just the children. The only way you'll be made righteous is by belief in God. Believing God, believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins, the remissions of your sins, and repenting. It's also not gained by doing good works. It cannot be obtained by keeping the law. It cannot be obtained by religious ceremonies. Because you know how people like religious ceremonies. And it cannot be passed down from parent. Righteousness is only obtained by believing God and who he says he is. It is gained through faith by believing Jesus Christ did everything he needed to do on the cross. We are not justified by any work that we could ever do on our own merit. We are justified by faith alone. We cannot work for that. Faith alone in Jesus Christ. Faith alone that he lived a sinless life and took our place on the cross. Romans 4, 2 For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Abraham did many good works that gained favor of man. It gained their approval. But in the eyes of God, it still wasn't enough. He can't be made justified by these works. Men thought Abraham was justified and made righteous by his works because he did many good works. You can read about it all throughout Genesis. But this is repetitive. Good works don't justify you. 
You are made righteous by believing God and who he says he is. Abraham did many incredible works, including, what's the big one, you guys? Anybody know? No, you don't read your Bible. (laughs) Remember the time when he almost sacrificed his own son? No? I mean, that was one of the most faithful moments that Abraham had with God, that he was willing to sacrifice his own son and believe God that God would provide a sacrifice in his place. But even before all of those works, Abraham was made righteous. God declared Abraham righteous way back in Genesis chapter 15. See, Abraham had left his birthplace. He listened to the voice of God and he believed him. In Genesis 15, 4 through 6, it says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall be your descendants. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham was fully justified by God and made righteous through faith alone because he simply believed God. I know it's a hard concept for a lot of people to understand to just simply believe God. There is no lineage, no good work or by the works of the law that will make you righteous in the eyes of God. You guys feel like this is repetitive yet? It's because I want you to get it. (laughs) Romans 4, 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God. Do you guys believe God? He believed that God will do what he says he will do. He fully submitted to God. That's the true test to see if you really believe who God is as he says he is, if you're willing to submit. If you can't submit to God, then do you really believe? He fully submitted to God through his faith in him. Abraham trusted God and his word. He fully rested on the character of God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. We also, as Christians, need to be people who fully believe God is who he says he is. Especially in the time that we live in now. We need his comfort. There's been times in my life, maybe you guys too, have you guys ever had a time in your life where you felt like the Lord directly spoke to you? Maybe not audibly, right? But I've had times in my life where God has spoken directly to me. And I had a choice whether to believe him or ignore him. And there's this one time that I, I specifically remember, I was driving my car, and God was like, Jeremy, stop making dumb choices. That's not how that's not how it went at all. But he might be saying that to some of you tonight. Maybe that's why I said it. <laughs> what what really happened was I was on my way to uh, Pastor Matt's house. Do you guys know how gracious Pastor Matt and Pastor Crystal are? Yes. Yes. So I had had a friend that lived with them, and uh, they didn't even know her that well. But she was homeless, and they had let her. She was a younger age, probably about twenty, and they let her move in. And so I would go over there and pick her up all the time. 
And I'd maybe met Pastor Matt one time, maybe two. I don't, I don't remember like the clear details. But what I do know is I never had stepped foot in Faith and Victory Church at that point. So I'm on my way to pick her up. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Like I said, it's not audibly. It's, it's hard to explain. And he said, this is the church that you're going to attend. You're going to be the youth pastor of this church. And I called, I was like, there's no way. Like, that's my own head. Like, I'm thinking this up in my own mind. So I called this girl and I said, hey, they have a youth group? And she was like, no, they don't, but they're trying to start one. And immediately to me, that was confirmation. And so I started attending this church, this church. That's why I'm saying this church. I started attending this church. If you guys are confused, it's faith and victory. (laughs) So I started attending I started submitting to Pastor Matt. I started serving in any area. Do you know that I was here for a week and I let Pastor Matt know I played guitar and he was like, oh, join the worship team. Our guy's leaving. I didn't have a guitar and he was like, if the church buys a guitar, will you play it? I was like, yeah. (laughs) So I started serving in any area that they needed help with. So I was here. I was here for about a year. And then me and Brittany had gotten married. And a couple months after that, Pastor Matt had me start the youth group. And we started the youth group, ran it for a while. And it wasn't even until like about a year after that or so that Pastor Matt licensed me as a pastor. And this whole time, this whole time throughout this thing, I never said once anything once to Pastor Matt about it, what the Lord spoke to me. That day I went to Pastor Matt and I said, you know, I was going to be the youth pastor at your church before I stepped foot in the door. I was like, how did you know? And I was like, the Holy Spirit spoke it to me a long time ago, but I didn't want to say anything to you about it because I didn't want it to be any kind of manipulation on my part. I wanted to be fully reliant on God. Amen. And it obviously came to pass because I'm still here. I'm like, right? <laughs> I fully believed what God had spoke to me at that time. Yeah. And what he said came to be true. And now maybe you haven't heard directly from God about something in your life, but there are plenty of things that God speaks to you and will continue to speak to you through his word. We must believe who he says he is and we must be made righteous. We are made righteous by believing Jesus Christ. If we trusted him and fully believe, then we are justified. You will never be able to work for your salvation. It would be meaningless to even try. I mean, you could... Yeah, sure, gain recognition before men, but there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation or righteousness in the eyes of God. You know, you can try to do that, though. You can try to work for your righteousness, but it won't be counted as righteousness. It'll be counted as debt. It won't be counted as grace. You'd be working for it. In Romans 4, 4, it says, Now to him who works... The wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. See, Paul's making a clear distinction that salvation is a gift of God's grace and not by the works of the law. Salvation has nothing to do with what we can do, but everything that Jesus has already done on the cross. Salvation is a free gift. We can't add to it by any of our own acts. We can never earn it. We are only declared righteous by our belief in him and not by the works of our hands. 
If we were able to work for our salvation, then it would be considered a payment for our labor and not a gift from God. It's similar to the wages owed out of obligation to an employer. Your employer pays you based on the work that you have done. They're not just freely handing money out to you. They're not like, here's your money and you haven't done anything. You've earned that money. Think of it this way. Imagine that you're a business owner and all of your employees get paid every two weeks. Say they're hourly. And one of your employees say they don't have sick time. They don't have any kind of vacation, nothing, but they don't show up for a week to work. And then they get their paycheck. It's for some reason they don't get fired. I don't know why they just don't. (laughs) Maybe they had a good excuse. But they come and they get their check and they come up to you because you're the owner. They're like, you only paid me for one week. You're like, you only worked one week. And they start yelling at you. They start saying, but I need this money. I need this money. It doesn't matter what they do. Are you giving them that money? You're not because they didn't work for it. Just like your employer is not going to give you money that you didn't work for. You will only get what you're owed. It's not a gift. It's your wage. Now, if you were to get what you were owed by God, do you know what that is? It would be death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. A works-based salvation would result in God paying you what you were owed. I know for myself in my own life, I was so terrible, and there's still times I'm pretty terrible. Like my, my own thoughts and my own head sometimes are bad. I always have to constantly be like, God, please cleanse my brain, cleanse my heart. Because it's wicked sometimes. It's deceitful. There is no way that I could ever outwork all of the bad that I've done. There is zero chance. Some of you guys know how bad I was. Zero chance. And even if you weren't someone that had this huge crazy testimony, you've still sinned multiple times all the time. You would not be able to ever work off Your good would never outweigh your bad. You would have to be able to keep the full law, which is impossible. Only Jesus can accomplish that. And that was shown throughout the whole Bible. If we could earn it with our own merit, there would be no need for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. No one can ever come close to that sacrifice. Living a sinless life, walking this earth, doing the miracles, dying on the cross, a bloody death, and then raising from the dead three days later, Can anybody in here do that? No, can't. Can't come close. Our own righteousness and the eyes of the Lord are filthy rags. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says, but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf and our inequities like the wind have taken us away. We are justified by faith alone In Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life. So we could be righteous before God. Romans 5 or 4, 5 and 8. Or 5 through 8. But to him who does not work. But believes on him. Who justifies the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness. 
just as David also described the blessedness of man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and those whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. If you believe God, you will become righteous. Just like these men. Because God is the same every day. He doesn't change. He's the same God that made Abraham and David righteous because they believed him. He'll do it for you as well. And I've heard plenty of people say, even write books about these guys, about how faithful these guys were and that people would have more faith like Abraham or more faith like David. I'm here to tell you, you can. You want to know how? Just believe God. Be simple, simple minded. Who cares? Read his word and believe what he says. These guys were normal people. They were like you and I. They weren't superhuman. Both of them sinned. You know, Abraham lied to two different people. I think one Pharaoh and one king and lied that his wife was his sister. He said, say you're my sister so they won't kill me. He slept with his wife's maidservant and had a child with her. David lusted, he lied, he committed adultery, and then he had the woman's husband killed in the front lines of battle. And you say things like, I wish I had more faith with these guys. The, they are just as human as us. The reason they're declared righteous is by believing who God says he is. He believes them. They believed them. They didn't try to make a God up in their own head that would fit their own personal needs. When they did sin against God, they repented and they realized that they had made a mistake. But they also knew that God would be willing to forgive them if they truly repented. They didn't try to manipulate scriptures to benefit their lifestyle. Anybody in here do that? Oh, I was going to try to trick you and see if you'd raise your hand. (laughs) They simply believed God. And the same goes for us. We can't twist scripture for personal gain and think that God's going to be okay with it. You guys know that God truly knows your heart. And we cannot turn God into something that he's not. We have his word and we must believe him and obey his words. Don't ever try to find a workaround to scripture. Don't try to work, make a workaround to make God someone he's not and something he's not. Stop putting words in God's mouth and acting as if it's directly from God. You know, that's the same as making him an idol in your mind. When you try to make a Jesus or a God try to fit your personal gain. I see it on Facebook all the time. It really bugs me. I don't comment, though, because I don't like to get in arguments. I mean, I like to get in arguments, but I just hold back. (laughs) I just don't want to have it on there. (laughs) Believe in him and only in him. Now, what I want to do is I want to show you through Scripture who God is. And I know I don't typically use a bunch of Scripture in my sermons, I mean, I use enough scripture, but I don't use a lot of scripture sometimes. 
but today I'm using a lot. So I hope you're ready to take notes or write them down. You know, showing you who God is through the scripture, there's no better way, right? The scripture will explain it better than I can put it in words. I could say all these things, but showing you through this is different, except for one verse I do want to, I do want to focus more on. And this is when God appeared to Moses. Most of these scriptures after this one are going to be going in order of the books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, or whatever, however many I have in there. But this one I want to go in depth about, or a little bit more. God appeared to Moses in the burning bush to tell him that he was going to lead his people out of Egypt. And this happened in Exodus chapter 3. And so in Exodus chapter 3, 14 through 15, it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you should sell to them, say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. Now the phrase I am, who I am in Hebrew, tra- translated as Ehia Asher Ehia. The word Ehia, at least I think I'm saying it right, is the first person common singular of the verb to be. And it was used in many normal situations like I am watching sheep or I am walking down the road or I am his father. But when used as a standalone description, I am is an ultimate statement that God is self-sufficient. He has always existed. He is not contingent on anyone else. He is promising that he will be who he will be. He is the eternal God. He never changes. He's always existed. He is completely self-sufficient in himself, and he will do what he wills to do and accomplish whatever his will is to be. God is I am. God is the creator. Genesis 1.1. This is where you have to start writing them down. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is the everlasting God. Genesis 21.33. Abraham planted a teramisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. He is our gracious redeemer. Exodus 34.6 and 7. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving inequity and transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. He is not a man. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has, he said, and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? He is a covenant keeper. Deuteronomy 7, 9, know therefore that the Lord, your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. He keeps his promises. First Kings 8:56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, 
according to all that he promised. No, not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he spoke by Moses, his servant. He knows your heart. Second Chronicles 630. Then hear from heaven, your dwelling place and forgive and render to each whose heart, you know, according to all his ways for you, you only know the hearts of the children of mankind. We're about halfway through, maybe. <laughs> he will not forsake you. Psalms 9:10. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He is righteous. Psalms 11:7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. He is your shepherd. Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is your salvation. Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He forgives, heals, and redeems. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your inequities and who heals your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. He is wisdom and understanding. Proverbs 3.19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understand and understanding, he established the heavens. He does not change. Malachi 3.6, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Nothing is impossible for him. Luke 18.27, but he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. He is spirit, John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. He is the only wise God, Romans 16, 27. To the only wise God be the glory forever through Jesus Christ, amen. He is immortal, 1 Timothy 1, 17. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is not a liar. Titus 1-2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. God is light. 1 John 1-5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. God is love. 1 John 4-8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. He is the Alpha and Omega. Revelations 1.8. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And he is the Almighty. Revelations 19.6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty... Peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. You know that was in one of the songs tonight? You guys got that? I was listening to the song earlier after I'd written this. I was like, hey, I'm using that scripture. 
Now, this isn't even every scripture that explains who God is. This is just the ones I wanted to put on here for now. The whole Bible from beginning to end explains who God is, shows his character in every story, even in stories that you wouldn't think. And you're like, what's this about? It's about the character of God. Read it and figure it out. The whole word explains his character and who he is. But you must read your word and know God yourself. You must believe he says he is who he says he is. Know who he is, believe him, and be made righteous, or you will get your wages out. Everyone bow your head. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we come together and worship you. God, I pray that we have a deeper understanding of your word. God, I pray that we understand when we're in here, Father, that we are just made righteous and justified by believing in you, Father, and that the works will come afterwards. Father, I pray that people will put their faith in you tonight. Lord, I pray they'll put their faith in you like they've never put their faith in you before. Lord, I pray that they just fully believe you. Believe who you say you are. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.